Hey girl, Heather Nelson here. Welcome to Life Conversations with a Twist. I'm so excited to build a community where I inspire and empower women who are going through hard times. I can't wait to share with you women who have unique stories and have overcome hard times in their life. So grab your favorite cocktail, lean in, and let's cheers to empowerment, ladies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life Conversations with a Twist. Um, uh, today, I'm really excited to have Anel on. Today was our first day meeting each other. Uh, we are actually in a podcast group together, um, and I'm really excited to hear her story. She has lots of um, interesting things that I can't wait to dive into. But do you want to tell us a little bit about like who you are, where you live, family life, all that good stuff? So first, I want to say thank you, Heather, for giving me the opportunity to um, share my story and being on your podcast. Um, So like Heather said, my name is Anel, and uh, I am the host of The Brave and Her, and I live in um, California, in Southern California. Um, I'm married with a um, stepdaughter. She's 12 years old. Um, In July, it's going to be 10 years of marriage. Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, so I, um, I'm a kidney transplant recipient and, um, yeah, I'm not sure what else to share. I love that. What do you do? Like, what do you work? I mean, obviously you have the podcast, um, but do you, uh, have a full-time job or is that kind of your. So actually I quit my job four months ago. Um, I was at that job for almost nine years. Um, if I would have waited the four months, I would have been there for nine years. Um, I worked for uh, an apparel company. Uh, we did a leisure. And um, yeah, I just um, left because I, you know, I just wanted to take a break. I want to dive into that more because I literally am quitting my job after 10 years. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to a new job. Um, but I'm, uh, when I was looking at when I saw that you had said that I was like, Oh, I'm so intrigued by that. Because I think changing jobs after so long is like scary. And I'm like, literally yeah. having anxiety about that today. So I was like, maybe this is a good thing. This would be a little therapy session for me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the, um, the kidney transplant. And so you um, were born with kidney disease. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I was born with only one kidney, which is more normal than, you know, people think. Um, We are able to survive with one kidney. The problem with mine is that mine didn't um, fully develop. And by the age of 12 years old, um, it stopped working. So I had to um, start dialysis. Um, You know, lucky for me, um, thank God it for my process was very short. Um, literally like end of July, I was getting the surgery to start dialysis, um, which is called a fistula is basically just, um, kind of like a tube or a protector, um, where, you know, they do the dialysis. Um, and so that was end of July, literally a month later. And by end of um, August, I was getting a kidney transplant. I have so many questions. Um, can you can you talk about like what it's like to have kidney disease like are you sick very often is it like can you only eat certain foods i mean talk a little bit about what that is for you so prior to the kidney transplant or prior to um actually prior to dialysis um i was diagnosed with kidney disease i believe my mom said like when i was like maybe three months or six months old this is in the 80s right now we have 
with more advanced technology and you know things can get detected faster but this is in the early 80s when I was born and so I they didn't detect my kidney disease until a little bit later like in a few months um so growing up uh, all the first 12 years of my life I just remember just being tired all the time um not really having an appetite I used to give my parents such a hard time to you know when it was time to eat um I was always underweight um all the way through until I got the kidney transplant I literally gained 20 pounds as soon as I got the kidney transplant um part of it I'm pretty sure is because of uh, the immunosuppressants the high um steroid that I was on but um yeah, uh, kidney disease, it's 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 a really hard um, disease, uh, mainly because it's in, invisible. So, you know, you don't you don't see me like if you see me in the street, you think, oh, she's normal. But, you know, it's a lot of like, feeling tired all the time, brain fog, um, just it, very unpredictable as well. Like today I can feel fine. Tomorrow I can wake up and just not have any energy. So you had a transplant, um, but you still have the disease. And is that a forever thing? Um, yes. So uh, kidney disease. Um, there are some uh, situations where if it's caught early on, it could be, there's some situations where it could be reversible. Um, mine, I was, you know, born with kidney disease. Mine was not reversible. Um, my parents knew from the beginning that at some point I would need a kidney transplant. Um, a kidney transplant is not a cure. Um, a lot of people think that, oh, you got a kidney transplant, you're fine now. Actually, no, it's, it's, it starts a whole different battles for you. Um, yes, you have a better quality of life, but it's not, it's not a cure. It's just a kind of like a temporary cure because at some point you might need another kidney transplant. Are you, um, do you have to take like daily medications and things? Yes, yeah, so I have to take immunosuppressants. Um, right now, I'm only taking three, but in the beginning, it was, I don't know, like maybe 20 pills or something like that um, in the morning and then like another 15, 20 at nighttime. Wow. So as you know, as you as as you have your kidney longer and, um, you know, it's time as time goes by, you know, they they start reducing the medication. But in the begin, in the very beginning, it was it, it's a lot of medication, and it's medication that's you know strong enough to keep your immune system low because your body's always trying to fight this organ that's not yours, right? Um, it you know someone else's organ, and so your body will always try to fight it. So that's why you have to take immunosuppressants so your immune system is low, um, so your body is not strong enough. So with that comes a lot of risks too, um, infections and, um, you know, uh, just germs. You can get sick very easily with anything. Like if, you know, let's say if me and you would get a stomach bug, you'd probably be sick for a day. I'll probably end up getting sick for a whole week. That's okay. how, you know, that that's how severe it could be. Like any little thing can, can you know, can have a, a huge consequence. What about with COVID? Was that obviously now you're more at a higher risk? Right. Um, so I'm at, I'm at a higher risk, but, um, you know, all the protocols that we, you know, we learned as, you know, when COVID hit, 
Um, it's something that's normal for us um, who have a kidney transplant or any kind of transplant or anything, um, any illness that you have, I mean, you know, you're immunocompromised because you always have to watch for like not being around a lot of people or, you know, especially like during um, flu season. Um, I always try to avoid crowds during flu season. I always wash my hands like a million times, you know, I'm probably exaggerate, right? Like washing my hands all the time, but um, and using hand sanitizers and things like that. And also what was, I guess, not normal that it's normal now, um, you know, wearing a mask. Um, when I got the transplant, I was advised to wear a mask where, you know, where um, if I will go to um, the supermarket or to, you know, where there, to a place where there's more people or people, you know, strangers or whatever. But to me, that was weird. And now it's, it's now it's common, right? Now it's normal. I was talking to some, I had talked to someone else who um, her son has cystic fibrosis and she said the same thing. She's like, this was like already normal for us. Like just doing like basic things, washing your hands, <laughs> using, you know, those kinds of things. And now it's like normal for all of us and instilled in us forever. The only thing that changed, I guess, is that now, you know, everyone was working from home. Right. So um, that's the only thing that changed other than that, like, um, you know, honestly, I was already doing that during like the flu season, like trying to stay home as much as possible and then not be out in, um, you know, crowded spaces. And how does it work with the transplant? So uh, um, you, you at, say at age 12, you said that you knew you needed to get one. Um, what is that process like? So I don't remember um, a lot of it just because I was a minor and um, you know, the doctors wouldn't talk to me, but I could overhear them talking to my parents. Um, but most of those meetings, I was not in. Um, I remember going with my parents to like, let's say the hospital, and they will go in inside a room, like a conference room and talk to like a whole team of doctors. I remember that, but I don't remember like the conversations other than the conversations that they had um, during my doctor appointments. So I don't remember like the, the process because I was not really involved. Um, actually, it was like the opposite. They, they, they like I overheard them saying that I needed a kidney transplant. And that was scary to me because that meant surgery. Right. But um, but they never told me directly. So interesting. Right, so. What um, the person who donated their kidney um did you ever meet that person? Like, how does, I mean, I'm always curious how all that works. So it could be like, it could be an, an anonymous um, donor um, or it could be uh, someone that, you know, they're fine. Like the family is fine with meeting the recipients. In my case, it was all anonymous. Um, I never met um, the family of my donor. He's a, uh, he was a deceased donor. And um, so, yeah, I, all I know is that he was a male, 26 year old, 26 years old, and that he was healthy. And he must have been really healthy because I've had the kid his kidney, you know, for 26 years almost. Wow, that's so cool. And they match you by like blood type, right? Is it similar to like blood transfusions too? Um, I've never had a blood transfusion, but I know for kidneys is um, blood type and um, it's also like the age. Um, it's also um, tissue, uh, things like that. It, it is a very extensive um, 
um, process. Uh, my my dad was actually testing, and they didn't sign off on him donating to me. But you have because you have to be a very healthy person. If it's a living, if it's a living donor, if it's a deceased donor, I think it's a little different. But um, yeah, that's a different process. How long was like the recovery process for that? That one was very easy because. Um, you know, I went from not having any energy, um, because when you have kidney disease, you have literally like no energy because your blood is, is dirty essentially, right? Because your, your kidney is not functioning. Your kidney is not doing what it's supposed to, which is clean your blood. So I will always be like super tired. Um, but then as soon as I got the kidney transplant, it was like, I had to kind of slow down. Like I was, I had to be forced to slow down because as soon as I had the kidney transplant, it was like all this energy that I've never had before. So, you know, the doctors, I remember the doctors telling my parents like, okay, you guys have to like be on her and like for her to slow down because she's going to want to like be jumping around and, you know, and it's a, it's a big surgery. Um, you know, it's a big cut. So you still have to recover from that, but like, I don't remember ever being in pain or anything like that. I've had other surgeries that were so much more painful and, um, you know, longer process of recovery than, than the kidney transplant. What's one thing that you have taken away or learned from, um, you know, growing up and living with a disease like this? Um, so for me, it's like not, um, not, not thinking or not believing that I'm the victim of this, even though I never had a choice, right? I was born with it. I didn't know otherwise, but not playing the victim, but also um, giving this opportunity, even though that for some people might seem like, oh, it's a chronic illness. How can you be grateful for it? But, um, you know, I am grateful for it because then I go through it. And yes, I don't like it. You know, I don't like going through like the hard times. But then those hard times, you know, make me stronger. And also I can help others that might not be as strong as, you know, I, you know, I am, or um, even though sometimes I don't feel like I'm that strong. What an experience. I, I can't even imagine, but I love like just how um, you're, you're, you've embraced it, you know, and kind of just not let it take over your life. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, um, your podcast and like how that has kind of come to light and what made you want to start that. And I'm always curious of like everyone's why behind it. So, um, okay. So I'll start from the beginning growing up. I never wanted to share, um, you know, my kidney journey with anybody. I don't think anyone um, really new because in elementary school, um, I would get bullied because people, you know, kids knew, right. I didn't really have the control over what was private and what was not right. Because my teacher and my, my parents would talk to my teachers and my teachers would give me, you know, some kind of, um, not privilege, but some kind of, uh, special treatment, right. Um, you know, that I needed to use the restroom. They would be okay with every time I needed to go or, things like that, right? So kids knew there was something different, right? Um, but then in like in middle school is when I had all the surgeries. So my um, classmates knew that there was something going on, right? Because I was always out. 
I probably missed like in total of the three years in middle school, I probably missed like six months. So I missed a lot. But then in high school, I decided, okay, I'm going to a high school where like no one knows me. I'm not going to talk about this because I don't want to be labeled the, the sick person, right? So I never talked about it. And um, in college, I also never really talked about it because again, I, you know, I, did, I didn't want my illness to define me or to be known as like the sick person, right? I just, you know, I'm thinking like, I'm normal, I'm okay. Like, I'll be fine, right? And then, um, um, I lost my train of thought, sorry. No, you're good. Um, after college, I'm assuming you probably met your husband somewhere in there. Um, no, actually I met my husband um, after um, we were working in this, for the same company and that's how we met. Got but it. what was the question again? Uh, we were talking about how you wanted to be a podcaster. Like where oh. that? Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, so I, I was saying like in college, I also didn't, didn't talk about it throughout my whole, my entire like young adult life. I didn't, I didn't talk about it, but then there was a point where, you know, I saw other people struggling and I kind of felt guilty, right? Because like I'm here, like going through the same thing, but I'm not sharing my experience. And, and a lot of times I felt too, like I felt lonely because I didn't have anyone to talk to about my illness, because, you know, if I would talk to my friends or someone that didn't, ha had not gone through it, they wouldn't understand, right? They, would, they, they just don't know what, what it's like. So my podcast came about because there was, um, I wanted to share my story. I just didn't know how or where. Um, I, I considered maybe um, creating a blog or um, different things, right? And then um, I somehow ran, ran into Keisha's podcast. And I had been listening to her podcast for maybe a year. And then, um, and then I was like, well, maybe what if I have a, a podcast, right? And then the pandemic hit. And um, I took one of her courses, like early on, like in June of 2020. But even then, I was scared to, to share my story. And it, it took me like two more months after that um, to finally say, you know what? Um, I need to share my story because it will help others. And I'm so glad I did because it helps others and it helps me heal. Um, and I also wanted, you know, to pay like tribute to, to my donor and, you know, just in a way say that his, his um, gift of life, you know, has a meaning and I'm using this, that second opportunity to live, to help others too. I love that. It's so interesting. And you could probably, I mean, you just said it yourself why women are so scared to sell, tell their stories. And I mean, that's like my why behind it, right? And it's the same. I was reading your your description. I was like, that's so my reason behind it too, because it's like we all go through hard things in life um, from yeah. all the gamut of different things. And I feel the more that we are able to talk about it, it's like we are, we're helping someone else or you know, someone else who's going through that or someone who might go through that someday, knowing that like you can get through those hard times. And um, it's just so interesting. Cause like when I've asked people like, come on my podcast, like share your story. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, you know? And everyone's so scared and I'm like, why? And it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, but I also think it, it has to be in on, on your time, you know, like your time. Um, it, it's not something that you have to like push yourself. You know, you know when it's ready because there are parts of my journey that I wasn't willing to share early on. Um, and now, you know, I had to do, you know, like my own work and come to terms that, okay, by me telling my story, being raw and honest about it, then, you know, it'll help other people. Totally. And what is, um, so do you interview other women um, or other people? Do you just do women or is it anybody for your podcast? I normally do. Um, I normally just interview women. Um, so the whole um, point of it is um, because I was struggling between having just a podcast about kidney disease or chronic illness, but I didn't want to just limit it to just that because um, women go through so many different um, struggles. And so I wanted to make it a little more broad. Um, but yes, mainly is women. Um, so far, it's been only women. And, you know, I, the name is The Brave and Her, but I think eventually I will want to have, you know, some men in there too. Um, the only, actually, it's not a women because my husband's in there too. <laughs> it's important to me, it was important to also share the, the other side, right? So it's my side of being the, the patient, I guess you could say. And then him, his perspective of being the caregiver, which a lot of, you know, it's very common where we ignore um, that perspective and we focus on just the patient or the person that's going through the illness, but it, in reality, it affects the entire family. Absolutely. I know I'm always, uh, I want to get my husband on too, because I mean, I've, we've been through so much together that I'm always, I want his perspective. And I was like, someday I'll get him on there. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit? So you mentioned that, so you've been married for 10 years um, and um, your husband came with, you came with a step, she came with a stepdaughter. So your stepmom. Um, can you talk a little bit about that experience and how um, going, you know, dealing with your um, kidney disease has affected your family or um, if it has it at all? Um, it has and it hasn't. Um, it has. The, there was a period of, um, what was it, like two, three years where I was sick, like back to back. And um, I had a lot of hospital stays and um, a lot of like emergency visits. I stopped counting after like, I think 20 emergency visits. So um, it did affect in a way where like my husband was stressed, I was stressed. Um, luckily, we had really great neighbors and um, you know, they helped us a lot with, um, with my stepdaughter. Um, and, but for her, um, I guess it was a little easier for us than having our own children because half of the time she's with us and half of the time she's with her mom. So the times that we had her, we had help. The times that we didn't have her, we didn't have to worry about her. So um, but it did affect where there was, you know, a lot of stress, like my husband had to miss work. I had to miss a lot of work um, because of, you know, my hospital stays or emergency room visits and things like that. Are you still having to go to the ER and stuff? No, thank God. No, um, I haven't had any like episodes like that or any um, situations where I had to even see my doctor and 
um, since, since the pandemic started, which is, yeah. which I'm so glad because I do not want to go to a hospital right now. I know. I don't blame you. Um, what do you, do you, um, have to eat special or exercise more or take care of yourself in a different way? So before, um, I remember, so I said before, uh, dialysis, I didn't really have a diet restriction. I just didn't have the appetite, but during dialysis, you are limited to, um, not being able to, um, eat potassium or a lot of, um, protein. Uh, you have to limit certain things. Um, I remember my mom, um, soaking potatoes cause I love potatoes but I couldn't have them. I couldn't have chips or French fries or anything like that. So I remember my mom soaking them overnight to take out like the potassium or something. And then she was able to make some potatoes for me, but I couldn't just go to like, let's say McDonald's and get French fries. Um, but after transplant and as far as right now, um, I don't have any restrictions in my diet. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, you can eat those potatoes and French fries now. Oh yeah. I yeah. love, I love chips. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. The things you can't have now you're like obsessed with them. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything that, um, you want to talk about or anything that we missed that you want our listeners to hear? So, um, I just want to say like, if you're going through a chronic illness or a tough time, um, I just want to say, like, don't lose hope. Um, keep going, keep fighting through it, because even though you don't see the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, I guarantee you there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep going, keep pressing forward, and um, you'll be glad that, that you did. Um, like I, I mentioned earlier, in the, you know, I had two, three years where, I honestly did not see the the light at the end of the tunnel. It, you know, it was um, visit after visit. And at some point I was seeing maybe like seven doctors every month. And, you know, I was really overwhelmed and I didn't see the the light at the end of the tunnel, but I didn't lose hope and I kept pressing on. And now I'm, I'm fine, you know? I love that. I love your story so much. Um, and just, um, your outlook on everything, I think is so inspiring. And I'm glad that there's other podcasts out there like that. Um, Cause I think we all need more of them. Um, I thank you so much for being here. I loved hearing your story. Um, I just um, fault started following you on your podcast. So I'm going to tune in and listen. Mm -hmm. How often are you uh, releasing? Um, so I'm releasing every Wednesday, but I'm not that consistent. Um, I haven't released something in the last maybe few uh, Wednesdays, but I am releasing something today and then um, on Wednesday again. I love that. I know it's hard. It's I, I go and it's like you go really good and then you take a couple weeks off. So I, I understand how that is. <laughs> and then I get involved in other stuff and then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's already like Tuesday and I don't have a podcast for tomorrow. I know. I feel your pain there. <laughs> well, I appreciate you so much for being on. I will, um, in the show notes, put all your contact information, links to your podcast. Um, hopefully you can gain some more followers. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Heather. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being on. That was awesome. 
Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please share this episode on social media and tag me. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share. I can't wait to continue to inspire you all.